0: Amigos and amigas, welcome back to another episode of A Toda Madre, the podcast. I'm so excited. Guys, I'm recording on May 2nd, so that means happy Monday. It's probably not going to be a happy Monday when you hear this, but that's fine because we're going to start with energy. So with that being said, I quickly wanted to talk to you guys about A Toda Madre 2.0 that is launching that first week of June, June 6th. But Right now is the time to run, not walk to the website so that you can get on that wait list because the people on the wait list are going to get all the no to no's, all the deets, everything first and foremost. They get any, they get anything and everything before anyone else. And just like you listening to this podcast right now, you're going to be in the know because I'm going to be talking about it a little bit more. So with that being said, I I want to keep that short. Because I always hate when podcast episodes start with like all of these like really long fifteen minute intros about everything else, but you guys want to get to the juicy content. So here, let's get started. We're going to start with the juicy content. Um, I want to say about two or three weeks ago, I had made an announcement. I don't even want to say it was an announcement. I had shared the inkling inside my soul. That I did not want to go back to work as a speech therapist in the schools come August 2022 um, for the following school year. So it's it's now May. It is almost the end of the school year for me now, but I just I really had it in my heart that I didn't want to go back. I didn't want to go back in August. And one of the physical formats that God had sent me that I really, really needed to see and hear was I got my tax form back and what I had made in a toda madre and what I received as my income at school was very close. And so that in itself was just huge green flags. I know everybody's about the red flags, but this is what this was a green flag go of go ahead and just do it, go all in. And I really wanted to talk about that because I don't think we talk about the hard stuff first. We're always like, Oh my God. yes, beautiful doing all the reels of like the business. It's so exciting. And you know, you're setting up your office and you're buying all the cute pens and the containers and all the, all the cutesy stuff. Right but I really wanted to be transparent about how it went down and how this has been a long time coming. This wasn't just like this overnight decision or this overnight success. Um, and how real I wanted to be with you guys about the conversation that happened within my parents, um, within myself, how even some of just like cultural patterns, cultural, um, generational things really came up for me on whether or not I can do this or not, or whether I, but I believe in myself enough to do this. So, um, but in order to talk about that whole story, I have to really start from the beginning. So maybe you're new here. Maybe you've been writing with me since blossoming gems. And if you, you're a writer from back then, thank you for being here. Thanks for continuing to write along with me. But, as you might know, years and years and years ago, I started my coaching business. I started being a life coach and a mindset coach with a business called Blossoming Gems. And that's still, you know, it still is my heart because that was just like my foundation. But, um, and it all started because of Lauren Hill's song and do it's don't be a hard rock when you really are a gem. And that, that song still speaks true. And I'm probably even going to do a podcast episode about it. But I, again, I knew I was going to be a speech therapist because I had that calling to work with kids. I, I really, really loved what I did, what I did or what I do. So that, that wasn't a mistake at all, but I knew that I didn't want to go to grad school. I knew that I didn't want to become an SLP. I didn't want to become a pathologist that I was just happy being a speech therapist and when I would apply to grad school and I didn't get in, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Or like, what the fuck is happening? Um, I'm bilingual. I have decent grades. And I'm not going to lie to you. I wasn't like, oh, superstar student. But I wasn't fucking it up either. Like I was, I was a, I was a good kid. I was a good student. But I also didn't have like a 4.0. Like I'm just going to be super transparent about that. But I also was not like just fucking it up completely. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm an SLPA. I'm a speech therapist. I'm happy with that. And I worked in the clinic for a really long time. I worked in the schools. Again, I was a very seasoned therapist. I knew what the hell I was doing. I was really great at it. Um, But one of the things that you should know is that I always had white female bosses in every single setting. Some were great. Uh, Some were absolute shit. And I'm going to be really transparent about that. But here in this space, I just want you to know that I always had a white female boss. And even when I started my career, I always said, I can't wait for the day that I'm my own boss and I call my own shots. And I've always said that to myself, even when I started working as a big, like as my big girl job, my first speech therapist job, I always said, I can't wait till I'm my own boss. And I can't wait till I call my own shots. And that has just been a mantra of mine for years. And again, I'm now I'm going on being 10 years as a speech therapist, but I want you to know that that was always a mantra that I told to myself, even in the shittiest of times or in the greatest of times, that was something I always said. But I want to say like six, seven years ago, it came up in my heart to really create something that was for people that that empowered them that motivated them that caused a perspective shift that caused a mindset shift and i just didn't know what it was but then i found coaching and i was like oh my gosh this is exactly what i've been looking for and i dabbled in a whole bunch of stuff and this that story is like a whole other story but again i really want to focus on this specific dynamic but it took me some time and I found coaching and I was like, oh my God, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I know it feels right. I'm, I'm, even though it feels like super crazy and super hard, I know this is what I'm supposed to do. And everything was clicking. And, um, luckily Drake has been super cool with it. Um, he did have questions in the beginning of like, okay, but does this mean like, you're going to quit your job or like, are you going to do it together? And I was like, yes, yes, yes. I am not going to quit my job, but I, I really want to give this a shot. I will do this on the side. And Drake and I, um, were dating at the time. Yeah, we weren't, we weren't married yet. We were dating at the time. And so he was just like, okay, like, cool. Like if it makes you happy, I'm down to support you. And so I was like, great. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And then when I talked to my parents about it, they were a hardcore no. My parents were like big on que va a decir la gente. My parents were big on why. Oh, sorry. Que va a decir la gente means um, what are the people going to say? And and we all know that the people are so scary. Even though we don't know who the people is, the people are scary. (laughs) The people have such a heavy weight on us, on on us, the person and the culture, etc., And then they also were like, but why, why do you want to be a Lava Cocos, which literally is like a slang term to mean a brainwasher. And I want you to know too, side note, I have a great relationship with my parents. Me and my dad especially are really, really close. We're like the Gilmore girls, but Latino version, except, so if you want to be like those Gilmore pals, like that's me and my dad, but my dad has also both of my parents have a lot of scared support and i'm going to talk about that a little bit more what scared support is um but they were they were just full of reasons as to why i shouldn't and what was even crazier was that drake and i were like engaged also when i was continuing to pursue this and I remember my parents really being like, you know, we don't want you to pursue something that's going to take a lot of your time because you're becoming a wife and that should be one of your main priorities. You went to school. That's important. You know, college, college grad, you're using your degree. That is your career. But also being a wife is really important and no shade in my game. But I, I married Drake, who's a pilot And for my parents, like that is like, oh, wow, it is so magical. And don't get me wrong. I think my, my husband is hot shit. I think he's super dope too. Cause again, like you watch mission of mission impossible. And if you ever stuck in an emergency, Drake is that person who could like fly a a plane and we would be safe from the emergency. Do I think about that sometimes? Absolutely. And I ask Drake all the time too. I'm like, do you think you can make a helicopter work all of a sudden if you needed to? And he's like, no, it's completely different. But do I think I can figure it out? Probably if we're about to die. Do I ask these questions? Yes. Am I Sylvia Brandt? Yes. Anyways, back to the story. But for my parents, that in itself was like, you know, you got to make sure that that's a priority, like, you know, you got you got to have food ready when he comes home and, you know, everything needs to be ready because he's only here half the time and blah blah blah. So like, you know, oh my god, like old cultural mindset of like pack him a lunch and make sure you dope and you know, this, that, and the other. And it was just so crazy to me because it was like my parents did not raise me to be that way. Like I had my own money to get my nails done. I worked since I was like 14. It was just like so crazy to me that they were coming completely from the left because this is, it wasn't how I was raised. But then now all of a sudden, I want to pursue something that is different and unknown to them And they're like, no, 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 no. They're trying, they were trying to redirect my behavior. They were trying to say, no, this unknown, this different, what if it causes you to lose your career? What if it causes you to lose your marriage? But no one, but they didn't ever stop to think, wow, this could be something that could amplify every single environment that I belong to. And I want you to know that that shit's hard. And if you've been there or you're currently there, my heart is with you because I want you to know this has been years in the making and, and, and spoiler alert, I want you to know they're still not super thrilled that I'm leaving my job. So that was then. And then my mom came to hear me speak at an event and she literally came up to me at the end with tears in her eyes and was like, I'm sorry. I didn't believe you. This is literally a spiritual gift that you have. And I'm not saying that you're going to have that magical moment with your parents. I'm not because maybe they are like their heels are dug in the sand. But I also, if you don't get that moment, I don't want it to deter you because Honey, listening to that calling, accepting that vision and working for it is so much more worthwhile and it fills my heart every single day than the fact had I listened to my parents years ago and I had never pursued this position right here, I would have lived with that regret for the rest of my life. And I think that that in itself would have broken my heart. Every single day. And okay, so then moving forward again, I've continued to pursue coaching. I've continued to pursue coaching, whether they were like yay or nay. And then my dad slowly got behind it because he was like, Okay, I see you doing podcast shit. I I see you doing events. I see you, you know, being asked to be a speaker here, there, this, that, and the other. And so my dad was like, Okay, I believe this. But again, it's been a continued scared support. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Scared support is when they love you, but they need the external proof around that shows that you're doing it versus just what you're modeling to them, because to them, you're still like that little kid. To them, you're still like the girl that they know and who has maybe once or twice almost burned down the kitchen. Like they have your whole entire track record. So they know where your downfalls are, but they also know what you're capable of. So they're going to support you because they love you, but they're also going to have like that That emergency release of okay, okay, it didn't work out. Cool, cool, cool. Because you know you still got your your degree to fall back on and all these things. Like it's okay, it's okay. And I just want you to know that it's okay to accept that kind of support from them, even though it's not like a full one hundred. Maybe it's like a forty five percent. Accept it because you're rewriting the narrative slowly about the fact that generational patterns can change. And I'm really excited because this is what may is what I'm really catering to is how we can change generational patterns within our homes, within our relationships, within everything. And so I'm not saying that it's right, but I'm saying that you're opening the door to change even how they believe and how they think. And and then um most of you know if you're new here, I um I also slang Suds and I sell Monate. And I'm I and I love it. I love the products. I believe in what they do. But again, when I came to my parents and I was like, "Hey, you know what? Ya vendo shampoo. I I sell shampoo and I love to say shampoo because it's just Shampoo sounds like a regular schmegula thing. But if you say shampoo, you're like, what's that? So when I was like, dad, you know, I'm going to sell shampoo. And he's like, why? And he was like, oh, why? Why are you going to do that? Like, you're fine. And I was like, dad, because I really believe in the product. And like, I love what it does. And it's Latino owned and all the things. And then... Shocker. You know what he says? He says, Pero no, no más fijate en el coaching que es tu don. No, just worry about the coaching because coaching is your gift. Guys, it has taken my dad six or seven years to actually speak those words out loud. Six or seven years, not overnight not weeks, six or seven years. And then I said, bye. You know what? Had I listened to you about coaching all of those years ago and I didn't do it, you wouldn't be sitting here and telling me that I have a gift for coaching if I had listened to you. So you gonna have to trust me again on shampoo. And he literally had no words and he wasn't even mad. He was just like, dang, she right. But again, it is about having these hard conversations with our family members and not completely cutting them off, but letting them show their scared support and knowing that there's a space there. But I don't want you guys to be like, okay, this is my main support system. I'm going to go to them and talk to them about my plan. No, because they're going to speak fear into them. Instead, just saying, hey, I appreciate where you're at in the journey. And I know that you don't see the vision all the way, but still thank you for not completely shutting me down and just being okay to listen, being okay to accept certain things. And then fast forward to recently when I got that tax form and I, and I talked to Drake about it. Cause again, this has been a long time coming guys. And, um, there has been some shit go down at my job. I've had, uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't fuck with my supervisor at all. She's trash. Um, I'm not, obviously I'm not gonna put her on blast here (laughs) because that's neither here nor there. But, um, And there has been things in my life when God has had to be like, okay, I need to make things really terrible for you in order to listen to me. And so I've been, for the past two years, I've had a terrible supervisor. And yes, I have learned to love her overall, but I have also learned to just be a listener and listen to the signs and surrendered to his vision and to be like, yo, I don't want you to miss this. So I need you to listen to me. And then my text forms came and I was like, Oh dang, I'm really supposed to be doing something else. And even Drake looked at me and he's like, Hey, how do you feel? And I said, wow, this is crazy. And he was like, I think, I think your job's a wrap. And he, and I was like, I know, huh? And am I grateful that that's my situation? Absolutely. Because I know that a lot of spouses do have a hard time with getting on board. But again, the vision has to be, if the vision is in you, then it is for you. And it's ne- it's never going to pass you by. But is God going to be consistent in sending you little pings and little downloads and like little signs and little green flags? He absolutely is because he doesn't want to, he doesn't want you to miss it. And sometimes we're so good at trying to ignore it or convince ourselves like, oh, that can't be for me. I asked for some red shoes, but he gave me blue shoes of the same brand, color, like type and whatever. Oh, oh, oh. But we convince ourselves that it is not for us. And that's crazy. It's crazy. So after I got that, then I, um, you know, Drake and I were like, all right, let's do this. And right now, if you're new here, <laughs> I currently live at home with my parents, with my baby and my husband, because we're waiting for our house to get finished being built. Um, because again, that was like one of the things we were really, really working super hard on. And that blessing is coming to life as we know it. And so then I came to my parents and I said, hey, I just want to let you guys know that um, I'm not going back to school in the fall. And my dad was devastated. And he completely threw the, um, I moved to the States so that you could have a better life. And you're going to do this. Um, you literally went to college and you are a college grad and you're going to do this. Um, those, those were like the top two of like, what the fuck? And again, super love my dad, super love my dad. But again, I have done so much self work and I can recognize his super scared support that it doesn't phase me and that it doesn't change the fact that I'm going to do what I'm going to do because I have so much evidence already showing my resiliency to myself and how much I didn't quit on myself and how my vision has grown and expanded and how I serve people that it's bigger than the top two main concerns my dad has. And even, and I'm not going to lie, he is consistent. He throws that jab every single day. Like literally every time I walk into the kitchen, he's like, well, and, and guys, he's like creative. He'll be like, well, you know what? Like maybe over the summer an email will come and like somebody has this incredible job offer and it's like so much money and like the the schedule you want and it'll be great. And like, you'll go back to school and you'll still keep um, being a speech therapist. And I'm like, bah, no, like we are literally breaking up with it. And again, one of the things he said is just so hard for me to understand because I moved here and I gave 35 years of myself to a company where I was able to retire from. And I was like, bah, I understand that, but that is just not the times we live in anymore. And so, and again, I never say like F you to my parents ever. No, I always speak to them with respect and I give them the space to, oh my gosh, my friend is so nice. She just walked in with water. Oh, thanks. Shout out to Myra. And I give them the space to voice they're scared, but I also set boundaries to it. I always say, I'm going to set the boundary before you set me or give me a burden. Because sometimes like when I'm in a launching space or when I'm about to speak or, you know, when I'm about to coach people, I don't want to walk into that where in, into that space with that heavy energy that they just gave me. And so again, it's just... Walking into these spaces and, you know, really being clear of like, I'm going to set the boundary before you gift me this burden. Because they're allowed to voice that they're scared. They are just totally, but there's a time and a place and you can hear them out. But also it's making them conscious of, what kind of a burden am I giving her by voicing my concerns or how problematic they think it is? And there's a piece to it. And guys, I'm not lying. Like literally anytime I walk into the kitchen, she, and he's always like, are you sure? ¿Está segura?" And that's okay. And and I laugh and I say, yes, but I'm not going back. Like literally. And I told them I was like, Hey dad, you know what? You might have to come to school. Cause, um, it's time for me to pack up my shit. Cause I'm not going back. And he'll be like, oh my God, are you for real? So it's real. It's really real. But I wanted to be transparent about the fact that it's hard. And it's hard from all aspects. One, me continually asking myself, like, am I ready to make this jump? Am I ready to completely give my all to my business? Because there, now there's this new level where I can't bullshit anymore about my success level because I can't blame it on the fact of, oh, well, I was working and I had this and I had that and I had this, uh-uh. It, it, whatever my success is, what I whatever I deem as my success is going to be completely all on me because I'm no longer going to be able to blame it on anything else. So there's that piece of like, woo, going to peel back. But also the piece of maybe not everyone in your circle is super excited for you or super believes in the fact that you're going to kill it. And sometimes it can be lonely in that space. Because again, maybe your parents aren't down. Maybe your spouse isn't down. Uh, Maybe your friends think you're kind of crazy. As a matter of fact, for Christmas, um, I gave some of my friends, um, these orange mugs that said, um, thanks for liking my posts. And my friends all laughed because they're like, fuck yeah, for the past seven years, we've been liking your shit, whether we agreed with it or not. And I'm not going to lie. I told my friends, some of my friends and one of my friends was like, whoa, that's a bold move. And I know she was happy for me, but at the same time, she was like, shit, you're really doing it. And so it's okay. It's okay. But again, you set the boundary and don't accept anyone else's burden. But again, these are the conversations that we don't talk about. It's always just like a somebody is popping a confetti popper and like, oh, oh my God, look at the cute office supplies. No, but watch me. Because I know my first day at the job, I'm going to be like, so where are we eating lunch? Crickets, Charlie, you, me at the table. All right, cool. See you there. It is going to be a whole new journey that I'm going to have to relearn. Because there's not going to be someone telling me what to do. There's not going to be a set of expectations that, again, um, I've been trained to do since I was 14. So, is there going to be a whole lot of relearning taking place? Hell yeah. But I'm really excited about this. And I just wanted to be super transparent because what we do, how we're trained, how our society expects us to behave, and to rip the band aid off is super scary. And culturally, it's bananas. But I'm excited. And I'm excited to represent us as a whole. And this is going to be a whole other podcast. But I'm excited to be a jefa de la casa. But I'm not adapting stay-at-home mom. Because I feel like stay-at-home mom is like a negative mandate. Like I hate the word that it's stay. Stay. Stay is what you tell a dog from eating something or going outside or something. Moms are not limited to an area or a space. So I'm a jefa de la casa, which means I'm a boss. I'm a boss of my business and I'm a boss of my home. So I just wanted to give that form of tea because people have been continuously asking for it. Um, And I'm sure I'll share more as we keep going, but that's just an update in full of me leaving my nine to five and really pursuing a toda madre. Because again, who am I to talk? I literally tell people like, let's live life a toda madre. And that's, if I'm gonna walk the walk, I'm gonna talk the talk. I think that was flipped. If I'm gonna talk to talk, I gotta walk the walk. There you go. Got Got it, got it, got it. So with that being said, I have to let you know that if you're ready to make big moves like this in your own life, you need to join our next group coaching program. You need to be in that space because so much of the self-work applies to all of the work as a whole. I can't tell you enough how many times People join my program thinking they're going to get one thing, but then it just goes all over their life and it is applied in so many different ways. They're able to build a business. They're able to ask for raises at work. They're able to do this. They're able to do that. They show up differently. Their swagger sauce is all the way hot. But because there's a difference from doing the self-work, from taking just like a regular schmegular class. It's okay to read the books. It's okay to do the podcasts. But then there's also this space where you have to get really serious and you have to become really intense about what it is that is in you and the baggage that you continue to carry and those beliefs that you continue to accept about yourself and the projections that people put on you and that you continually put just accept as well, and they continue to play out in your life. They might be generational patterns, like just this whole conversation we just had. So are you done? What kind of hard are you willing to live with? So again, run, don't walk, get on that wait list, co on the work with me tab, then there's a wait list. So join. I'm excited to see you and I will see you on the next slide, on the next slide, on the next episode, y'all. Bye amigos and amigas.